The EduTech guys present a conversation from our live coverage of FETC in Orlando, Florida from Thursday, January 25th, 2018. Enjoy the program. So my name is Carrie Gallagher. Um, I'm a digital learning specialist at a school called St. John's Prep in Danvers, Massachusetts. It's an all-boys school, grades 6 through 12. We have about 1,500 boys on campus. Oh, wow. We're one-to-one. Um, I've been there for about three years, and prior to that, I was a middle and high school history teacher, um, yeah. just kind of, you know, doing the thing in the classroom. Yeah. I also do some work in um, internet safety. I'm the director of education for a nonprofit called Connect Safely, cool. and we partner with companies like Facebook and Twitter and uh-huh. Snapchat and um, Comcast and Google and all of the big ones to talk to them and work with them on best practices in um, safety measures for their users so that users still have the benefit of those awesome services and tools and uh-huh. um, are aware of all of the um, safety measures that are in place to protect them at the same time. Yeah. Cool. That's yeah. awesome. So yeah. what oh, yeah. brings you to Fetsy? Uh, one session? I'm doing, yep, I'm doing one session this year. Last year I did three, so wow. I'm happy to be doing one. It's yeah. really relaxing <laughs> well, and lovely. Do all the other And stuff. talk to people yeah. and not be spending the whole time prepping for yeah. the session. Um, and it's a poster session, which I've actually never done one before. Okay. I don't know. As a presenter, I feel like we get all hyped up for the standing in front of people and making it interactive. And I'm excited to just be in a poster session and yeah. have people walk around and have. Yeah. Conversations like you all do. Yes. Yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. yeah. So it should be fun. So summarize yeah. your poster sessions. Our listeners will. Sure. So my poster session is with my colleague Julie. She works with me at my school, and it's called "Forget PD: Lead Change Through Modeling." So the idea is that we don't, um, we do run formal PD, but when we do, it's not you know come and learn about this tool or come learn Google Drive or come learn Twitter. It's come learn about formative assessment or come learn about student voice. And then we model the use of the tools within the workshop so the students experience, who are our teachers, experience what the students would experience if they themselves implemented it in their classrooms. Um, And we found that that's led to um, an uptick in adoption of new teaching strategies, new digital tools in our teachers' classrooms. And we've seen some significant progress in the last year and a half since we shifted that approach. So she and I started around the same time and the approach the school had taken to BD had been very tool-based prior. Mm-hmm. So we went along at first and then really made a conscious shift, and we've seen some great results. That's so. cool. It, it sounds like the, that would uh, create quicker PD. It, it would go by quicker, but it would it generate some great response and questions at the end. Mm-hmm. And so the learning has to be accelerated for your teachers and a much more ex- happy experience for them. Yeah, I mean, when they experience a professional learning opportunity where they're up and moving uh-huh. and where they're interacting with each other and it's not just that, you know, sit and get, mm-hmm. um, and they see how exhilarating that is and how much they are able to interact and learn with their colleagues, then they're like, huh, you know, I could probably do this for my students. Mm-hmm. And then that tends to lead to those one-on-one consultations where we're sitting down and meeting with the teacher and co-planning a, a lesson or a new project with them yeah. and then helping them roll it out. For some of them, it feels like a big risk and it's scary. So sure. we'll go right into the classroom with them so they're not alone. And for others, they're like, why didn't I do this before? And they just take it and go. Right. So. Well, and a lot of times you find that um, there are districts who the teachers, they're already doing that with the students in the classrooms in terms of changing the way that they're teaching and the way students are learning. But then when they go to PD, it's the sit and get. It's the like it's the exact same thing we're telling them not to do with their students, we're doing to them. And it's like, wait a minute, this doesn't make any sense. Right. As someone who taught for 13 years, 
one of my, I mean, there are two best things about being a teacher. One is the kids or teenagers are like just really fun to hang out with all day. So there's that. But number two is the designing of the lesson, like the tinkering and playing around with things. And then you go into your class and you say to the kids, you know, guys, we're going to try this. I've never done it. It might not work. If it doesn't work, tell me it's not working and let's see what we can do. And it's, it's exhilarating to do that, to try new things and to have success. And if it does fail to tinker with it with the kids so that the kids get to be a part of it. I think for some teachers that can be a little scary because the control, a lot of us teachers are, um, I can speak for myself. I was really, really good at school. And so, you know, I'm a type A controlling everything is makes me more comfortable and you have to let go of that. So, um, that also means that in some of our PDs where we're modeling this, sometimes it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So we're really open at that moment and say, you know what, we just wanted to give it a shot. It didn't work. Mm -hmm. You know, how might we try this differently next time? Right. right. So. Right. And and how many times, whether it's teachers working with students or teachers or whoever else is presenting the PD with those uh, teachers who are taking the PD, you know, how many times is are, are you trying something and it doesn't work, and you're looking for the solution, and it's the learner who comes up with the solution, mm-hmm. and then it's kind of like, oh, That's okay. the best. Yeah. yeah. You, know. you know, it's also, I mean, we spe- as educators, we at least I spend a lot of time researching about pedagogy and best practices, mm-hmm. and now as someone who's a, t- essentially a teacher coach, I spend a lot of time researching andragogy, right? Adult learning needs. And yeah. so the needs that adults have in some ways are very similar to kids and in some ways are really different. They need to be met where they are. They need to feel validated in their concerns and validated in the things that they're confident in. Um, And then they need to be given this safe space. Um, And I think a lot of teachers don't feel that safe space. That's what's missing. Mm -hmm. So we work really hard to provide that and to provide that for all of our teachers. You know, we have the, if you follow the, um, the, the, the curve of innovation, there's like your, your laggards at the yeah. end, right? That terminology. And there's sort of your lead horses at the front. Yeah. So making sure that there's just as much safe space for those, you know, risk takers as there is for those laggards is tricky when you're designing professional learning, Sure. but it's worth the effort Yeah. because yeah. then everyone's making progress at, yeah. at a pace that they're comfortable with. Yeah. So, um, two questions. Sure. The first one, um, have you had any students that know that this is happening, you know, that, because the kids pick up on that mm-hmm. really quickly. Have you had any that say, hey, let's try this. Can we help create, uh, you know, mm-hmm. so a modeling, you know, event for the, for the other teachers? So, oh, like have the students create the PD for the teachers. Well, and, and get involved in it, you know. Yeah. Or maybe show up and be part of it just so that the, the teachers can go, oh, this is what's supposed to happen. So we have, we run a, um, a kickoff conference in mid-August. So in New England, we start school after Labor Day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in mid-August, we run a kickoff conference called Jumpstart. And we traditionally have... Um, at least one or two sessions that are co-presented with like a teacher and, and his or her students. Mm-hmm. And we usually have one or two student keynote speakers too. And we, we essentially select the students who we know have something different to say okay. um, and ask them like, what is it that you want your teachers to hear? What is it that you want to talk about? And then coach them through the keynote prep and all of that. Um, and those sessions tend to be, they, 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 they generate a lot of discussion. Sometimes the teachers are hearing what the kids are saying and they're like, how dare they say that? And, and, and that's <laughs> yes. a really interesting right. discussion yes. and that's yes. okay. Like those yes. uncomfortable discussions are where the growth happens. So right. I'm all for them. Um, and sometimes they hear what the kids have to say and they're like, oh, I didn't, 
know that they thought that way or that's yeah. amazing like I wasn't giving them enough credit right. so um, so those have been rewarding I do think integrating the kids more and more is, is a really important part yeah. of um, but on the other hand I know that there are some teachers who aren't ready yeah. to oh, learn yeah. sure. from kids oh, yet sure. so right. like I said differentiating those experiences yeah. is yeah. important sure. so my second question was how many teachers have now said listen I'd like to model Oh, for other teachers. Yeah. Yeah. So we have, um, we launched. So you're building your own PD. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we launched this at the beginning of this year, what we call our innovative ed cohort. And it's a cohort. We, um, uh, we asked teachers to apply. 10 teachers got accepted and, um, they don't get any credits for being part of it. They have to be entirely intrinsically motivated. So I'm a big fan of Dan Pink's drive and that idea that I really want the people in this cohort to be the people who want to do this because it's at the core of who they are yeah. and not because they're doing it for the credits. Cause I won't get the same commitment or, or the same results out sure. of it. And we offer PD for credits and all that stuff for, for others. And their only reward is that um, we're one-to-one -one with iPads. So all of our teachers get um, both a laptop and an iPad that's school from the school. These teachers get the big boy iPad Pro with the pencil and the keyboard. Cool. So they get just a, you know, just a monster of an iPad to play with. And, and that's their only benefit. And some of the stuff that they've been putting together and dreaming up has been really inspiring. And we're only halfway through the school year. Yeah. And um, already they're saying to us, we're, we have to present this at Jumpstart next year. You know, we have yeah. to be a part of this. We have to help you design Jumpstart. So in the past couple of years, Jumpstart has been designed by us digital learning specialists with lots of teacher presenters. This year, I really want to use the, um, like the, the value of the brains in that cohort to redesign Jumpstart yeah. from the ground up. Yeah. Um, they don't know that yet. Don't tell them. But that's the so plan. All you guys have just heard yeah. that. Pretend you didn't hear. Yeah. That. <laughs> all right, St. John's Prep people. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's gonna, but you know, that's really going to expand uh, the narrative. Yes. Yeah. For, yeah. For a lot of people. So I think that's another really important thing of with uh, when I with the reading I've done on andragogy is the important. I mean, it's important with students too. With that student voice, being involved in the process, mm -hmm. yeah. being part of the solution, coming up with the yeah. idea. Um, you know, acknowledging both your strengths. I, Teachers are inherently um, blessed with humility, right? So they can identify their strengths, but they also know their weaknesses. Right. So creating a space where they can feel comfortable sharing both of those and coming up with a, a way to address um, their weaknesses and share their strengths is like the magic solution yes. to all of it. Yes. So Well, and that's such a, you know, uh, like you said, they're, they're blessed slash cursed with I know, humility. I know, I know. Right, because uh, that, that's one of the things we all... A lot of educators don't want to take credit for the awesome things they're doing and are like clinically aware of, of what they're doing, of, of what the shortcomings well, are. Well, and I think a lot of them think that what they're doing isn't really that special when yes. it is, yeah. in fact, quite amazing. Um, and I mean, I was, I was one of those teachers like 10 years ago until I started blogging. I started blogging as part of like a graduate program mm -hmm. that I was in and um, we had to blog for the you know the facili teacher facilitator on do you remember Ning? Yeah. On yeah, a yeah, Ning? Yeah. Oh my <laughs> remember God. that? Wow, remember yeah. that? Yeah. Yes. I know. So I'm older than I look. So um, <laughs> so we had to blog but it was all very contained and I got frustrated about two blog posts in because I'm like I'm working my butt off on these blog posts and the mm -hmm. only people reading it are the people in my cohort. So I started posting it just on a blog. Yeah. All of a sudden people are like that's an amazing lesson. How did you come up with it? And I'm like really? It is? So giving teachers the opportunity to share their work yeah. and get some feedback, um, it can really open some doors for them yeah. and change their perspective on what they do. That's one of our big deals is yeah. we say, how can you 
if you, if you can't share your story, how can you help them share theirs? Mm-hmm. And that's a big deal. And we have to be our own cheerleaders sometimes right. in education. Yeah. And, and there's the thing. It's a small market. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're, you know, you're not going to find some people that are going to read what we have to say, but the educators are. Right. And they're going to come on board. And you're going to have those that go, oh, why does this person think they can do that? But a lot are going to go, awesome. Right. Maybe I need to post my stuff, too. That's, that's what I need and to do. And every school culture and every, you know, community and every student is different. So mm-hmm. the solution that doesn't work for you is going to work in a different school with yes. a different culture with different needs. So it's exactly. just important to have it all. Sh- or... Or if it doesn't work for you, you can tweak it so that it does. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of the great thing about education is that it's very scientific in terms of the research, but it also is such an awesome creative outlet. There's yes. unlimited opportunities for changing things and redeveloping things, and yeah. um, it's what makes it great every day. Yeah. Well, and you were talking about how a lot of times the things that a lot of educators do, you know, and like you said, you know, Oh, I didn't. I didn't think I did was awesome. It was just out there. We get that a lot. You know, if we can just get people to sit in the chair. I know what you. You know what, what some folks think they're doing is just. I just. I do my thing every day, and it's it's so fun, to you know once people start talking about what they're doing, and then all of a sudden, you know, of course we're very excited about what they're doing, which in turn helps them get excited about it. But a lot of times, until you get that some of that feedback. You don't realize, you know, until you had other people saying, oh, my gosh, this is awesome. You didn't really think much about it. Well, then other people start and you go, oh, well, OK, well, here's what I was doing. And, you know, and mm. all of a sudden then that helps you see that, yeah, actually, I can reach other people. I can touch other people, not necessarily get a big head about it. But by the same token, you know, there ain't nothing wrong with a little pat on the back. And <laughs> yeah. Say, Holy cow. That, yeah. that actually is a thing. I mean, we're so. not in this profession for the money. Right. <laughs> yeah, that right. So <laughs> a little bit of a little bit of recognition for some hard yes. work goes a long way. And I was in a meeting um, on Wednesday morning, yesterday morning before I flew in here with um, a bunch of teachers. And there was a teacher. He's I don't know. He's like 10 years into his career. And he said, you know, I came in thinking I was going to change the world. And now I realize they just graduate and they leave. And like, you don't really know if you made a dent or not. And, you know, when do you get that feedback and when do you get that? And we need to make sure teachers get that feedback. Yeah. So yeah. we need to find ways to, to make that happen. Yeah, definitely. That's definitely. awesome. Mm-hmm. I want to ask one more thing. Uh, ConnectSafely.org. Yeah. Just a little bit about sure. it before we wrap up. Sure. It was So it was founded by Larry Magid. He's been a technology journalist for decades, like one of the first technology journalists. He um, he writes for the San Jose Mercury News. He has a daily radio spot on CBS News that's syndicated nationwide um, where he reviews sort of the latest developments and releases in technology. Um, and he was, you know, sort of inspired by especially um, a few decades ago, sort of the stranger danger uh-huh. at, um, perspective of, of allowing kids to go online. And now it, that perspective is, is less of a worry. And now there's all these other concerns we have, like bullying and, sure. you know, um, kids being too young to be on social media, but being on social media and violating, you know, COPPA and all of those things. So, right. um, so he had done a lot of work. Um, with like digital parenting and providing resources for parents to help them talk to their children about their use of um, online tools and products and resources. And I met him at a think tank. Um, It was a sort of a closed door think tank that he and I were both recruited to among lots of other leaders in the ed tech space Mm -hmm. um, and and safety space. And he didn't have an educator on staff. And after that meeting, um, he pulled me aside and said, you know, would you write a post for connectsafely.org? So I did. And then I ended up writing a couple of more. And then about six months later, he said, I just need to put you on staff because I just need your brain. And it's been 
really, it's really rewarding work because as someone who's a teacher coach, um, not only is it important for me to convey and share the research around the pedagogy and the teaching practices, but also the safety practices when yeah. you're implementing these tools. And so the work at school provides insights to the nonprofit. The work with the nonprofit provides yeah. insights to the work at the school. And so the jobs really feed each other. It really is. It's a lot to have two jobs, right. <laughs> yeah. yes. you know, and I also have kids <laughs> and, you know, a life and, um, but I love the work and it's so different that I, I can't imagine giving either one up. We also, yeah. um, for a little plug, in two weeks, we run an yeah. annual event called Safer Internet Day. Safer mm -hmm. Internet Day is an international event okay. to promote um, internet safety that's meant, that's targeted toward kids. It's hosted in 100 countries nationwide. Oh, wow. I'm sorry, worldwide. And um, Connect Safely is the U.S. host. So two years ago, we hosted it in L.A. at Universal Studios. Last year, it was in Philadelphia at the U.S. Constitution Center. And this year, we're hosting it in Austin, Texas at the Facebook headquarters there. And awesome. we have we bring in about 200 students from the local school district. So this year it's 200 from Austin ISD. And we run a full day of programming with like celebrity speakers and interactive activities. We bring in vendor. We bring in the companies like Snapchat and and Twitter, so they could, the kids can actually talk to the companies and That's tell them cool. how they're using it. And um, it's it's really exhilarating to to be around kids who are excited to be told, no, 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 we trust you to make the internet a better place. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're not here to tell you to refrain from using it. We're not here to tell you that you're doing it wrong. We're here to tell you this is on you and right. we trust you and you can do it. And it, it's just one of the that best days of the year. So cool. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. So it's really, really fun. Cool. So if our listeners want to reach out to you and get in touch with you, mm -hmm. what's the best way to do it? So by far Twitter is the best way. And my, um, my handle is at Carrie Hako too. So it's K E R R Y H A W K zero two. And that's also my website is carriehawk02.com. You've been listening to a recorded conversation from EduTech Guys live coverage of FETC 2018. For more information about EduTech Guys, visit edutechguys.com. And thanks for listening.